0: What are we doing in the pre I don't know what we're doing in the pre I have no banter whatsoever. Have you I have got no any? Jokes. Is there no more knock-knock jokes? I have no, 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 no more. I can't even say no, no more, no, no knock more jokes. knock-knock jokes. No, 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 I have nothing. I've got some really good jokes, but I'm not going to tell it just now because I'm
1: going to use one of them in the quiz. The quiz. All right, the
0: oh, company quiz. We're,
2: we're having a company quiz tomorrow.
0: Right. What I like about this... Is it tomorrow? What I like about this is that Chris is has told us not to talk about Christmas just to remind us that we're you know we're not talking <laughs> and about Christmas. Literally the
2: first literally <laughs> thing you did was talk about a company quiz. Oh if we just pretend it's company quiz not a Christmas quiz, then that gets round it. Okay. So,
0: yeah we're doing our famous uh, and most well known January quiz <laughs> <laughs> every January we do a quiz. We love doing a quiz. January
2: 2021 with a good old yeah. fashioned quiz. <laughs> company <laughs>
0: quiz.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so <laughs> anyway, anyway, so it's not Christmas
0: no, 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 no Definitely not No, it's not Christmas <laughs> It's timeless What we've done is by introducing the concept <laughs> of a <laughs> Luxury,
1: <laughs> we've made sure it's timeless Shut up and just play the music
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Good Roundup Good is a brand consultancy based in the UK and from time to time, uh, myself and my, my esteemed colleagues, Chris Lumsden, Happy Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> and Julian Mordo. Happy
2: New Year.
0: We'll get together and talk about uh, aspects of the world of branding. One aspect of branding that we want to talk about.
2: Chris is twitching already. Can't wait to get controversial with this one.
0: Is the notion of luxury branding Chris? Is it
2: a thing?
1: <laughs> Oh, hate it. Does my head in. We Give did us the, the preamble for this. Well one. where does this it, come from? It became a topic on its own after the brand bollocks thing. I don't know. It's just a thing that runs and runs and we've debated it a lot. And we've written pieces and stuff on it and we've talked about it internally and we all I think I think have a fairly good handle on it. But when it comes from the outside in sometimes it, it begins to frustrate. Crawls it it, up
2: its own arse a little.
1: A little bit and asks questions of, you know, us and our beliefs of what branding is, and I've always really been one that's gone. I don't think it's a thing at all. I don't. I don't like to differentiate between branding and luxury branding. I think principles are principles, but for some reason, it seems to be constantly coming back at us. You know, saying this is a luxury brand. It's like, and and you know that with that without that sense of clarity around what that actually means, and it feels like a bit of a lazy trope that that we see a lot and i think it's worth diving into and and pulling apart because it does my head in a bit
2: and when you start to we were doing some reading and musings on this and the run up to this weren't we and you actually being able to define it and is one of probably the most challenging aspects of it isn't it because yeah it i think so and
1: and the, yeah it's the, the definition is an interesting thing but it's when it becomes you know when those Arbitrary rules are applied to the branding process in luxury. Mm. I think it becomes trite, cliched, and
0: stereotypical. I, I love luxury, fucking love it. You, you, your middle name, <laughs> Stuart Luxury. Steel. I'm all about the luxury. I, I, you know, so just to be clear, the, the luxury area of the world of business and everything else, luxury branding being two separate things to a degree. You know, so you kind of, so if you look at luxury as a segment, I think it's a fascinating one because it's confusing and nobody knows and I think where it gets, when you actually try and work out a definition of luxury which is very difficult, not just it's difficult for a number of ways, it's culturally difficult, it's, you know, what is it now, is it expensive, is it, is it rarity, is it Accessible luxury. What I think it's just really endlessly fascinating. But then when you move it into branding, I think what happens is there's some.
1: You're right, and you you, you add on different pre you know prefixes to like it's accessible luxury. Yeah, Ugh. does that actually Lock mean? Off. Yeah. So,
0: and I think, and because nobody knows what it is. But what I think what's interesting about luxury is it's used as a word because an interesting in marketing and branding because it's a bit of alchemy. How can we get something that? That costs fifty dollars to manufacture, and then by slapping from a branding perspective luxury on it, we can and sell some it for five hundred. Put yeah. some gold on it, and then we've got some five hundred. I think it, I think that's what's kind of really interesting about it. I think luxury is fascinating, fascinating.
2: Mm. I read a quote, or it was a uh, yeah a quote in an article um, which said, "Consumers define what luxury means, not brands with their marketing efforts." Which mm. I think is probably. I like that. Uh, sums it up. Yeah, it does, and I think a... as a concept that exists in the mind of the consumer and it can mean different things to different people and it can mean different things in different categories across different cultures mm. to different demographic, demographics.
1: 100%. From the ground up, it's determined, isn't it? Not from the top down necessarily. And um, you made the point, Stuart, I think, you know, what is luxury and you're right. And because stuff like chocolate biscuits can be well, deemed somebody... to be luxurious in that category because they've got chocolate on them. So, you know, does that mean we charge more? and have some artisan-looking packaging on it, and hey, we can we can charge a lot more, and th- that's fine. But but it's it becomes a problem, I think, when marketeers or businesses chase it for the sake of trying to charge more money. Yeah. It becomes totally false, and that's you're absolutely right, Jules. Your point is that the, hang on, the consumer will decide whether they're willing to pay four pounds fifty for some biscuits rather than a pound.
2: There's the whole thing. know, well, the whole point about higher price can equal. Hired can actually drive demand up rather than down if it's kind of if it's perceived as a luxury good and thereby it's a desirable item that gives some sort of status, not that kind of thing. But I think even within all of that, there still has to be some underlying principles in terms of product quality and performance, and some of the and that's where mm-hmm. it gets a bit messy, doesn't it? In terms of what those what those de- what what are the the things that make up that definition? But I think there has to be a not has to be an acceptance, but that tree brands have to be top of the. It should be top of the class, you know, just sticking a gold badge on it and making it really expensive. It's back to the point we made the other day you might sell it once, but you're not going to sell it again when someone realizes it's a piece, cheap piece of tat, or if the experience isn't mm. reflective of that kind of price point.
1: And, and you were saying earlier, Stuart, about, you know, the fact that it seems to be a driving force in commerce now that everything's kind of, you know, this sense of scarcity is like, well, you know, if these big, giant corporate organizations that deem to be luxury companies are looking to sell more and more and more and more and it's a f- it's the function of a share price i suppose at the end of the day yeah. is that a luxury thing can everything become luxury
0: doing the little bit of research that i've done i mean obviously when you go back to the to the old days luxury was based on the fendi was a furrier is that the word furrier furrier, furrier. so i mean that's what they were originally It was i can't remember who it was uh, and, and, no Louis Vuitton were luggage. Yeah, and mm-hmm. saddlers. Mm-hmm. There was other. You know, so I mean, you kind of go back to that. They had that. individual crafts mm-hmm. And there was the craft, and then mm-hmm. houses. And, and yeah. so it was small. And especially, I think the French definition was a small thing that was really beautifully made. That was a luxury. Yeah, as opposed to there. As that's kind of gone on, it's almost been, it's a almost, luxury is almost a must-have thing, so uh-huh. you must have it. So, I mean, the, and the definitions of what is luxury is interesting because Bain & Co. Call, define luxury as a premium product sold at a premium price at a premium place. So the whole thing, but then you get into the question, well, can you define premium for me, please?
2: And that's something we've had <laughs> yeah, lots of conversations a, you, you about you over the years. Ramble, yeah, you yeah. do, and we've had, and I think drinks brands. We've worked a lot of whiskey brands over the years, or did historically, and we had a lot of. You know, we spent. I remember sitting in lots of boardrooms, having lots of conversations about whether we were using the word premium or luxury, and actually, the fuck is the difference? I I just
1: two. lose the plot at that point. I I think what's the what's the point of this? And this is. I, I guess this brings me onto the issue, which is when it's positioned as a separate discipline. That there's this esoteric mm. layer of you know, if you don't understand luxury branding and if you if you if you have to ask the difference between premium and luxury then clearly you don't know what you're doing but in actual fact yeah it's that the emperor's not got any clothes on you're going well what is the difference here and to to claim that it's some sort of elevated form of of what we do i find professionally insulting and just utter nonsense discuss.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that you when we talked about it earlier, didn't we touched on it, the same when it comes to branding, luxury branding or otherwise, you know, the same principles of what will build a brand and create a powerful brand and a successful brand apply whether it's luxury, or whether it's you made the point, whether it's Ryanair or Rolex.
0: Love it. Oh, you like you that, know? yeah? A wee bit of alliteration. Yeah, yeah. He loves a bit of alliteration. Yeah, you know, is it Bond or Borat? That's I another one he's chucked in. recently like, <laughs> <I love that. laughs> These are good. These um, are, but
1: they were, please carry on using my example.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I thought I would take it for myself. But no, you, you know the the point about distinctive brand assets, creative distinctive brand assets, and and you know an investment in brand and building brand over time and creating that experience, the consistent experience wherever it is online, offline, retail experience, digitally, whatever that may be. It's those same building comms and messaging and experiences on on a solid set of values. You know that that the, all of those principles apply in whether you're a half a million quid high performance sports car or a yeah, you got to do your time. It's a hundred quid pair of Nikes. Yeah,
0: I think when you look at luxury branding, there is a lot of positives in it, and I think the explain. the cute face listeners are getting a disdainful look. I think good luxury branding can teach anyone. So to your point of chocolate, I know the formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's not necessarily. <laughs> it's a formula perhaps but I still think but behind the formula you still got to have good things so for example you're you're mentioning your discussion about uh chocolate biscuits can be luxurious it's the attribute because a chocolate biscuit is not luxurious unless it's a Belgian chocolate biscuit everybody knows that yeah you just and wrap it's, the it all attributes, the, it's the attributes. all
1: the intangibles are wrapped yeah right there, it's all course. that and
0: it's, so it's understanding that all the keys like for so, whatever reason we know Belgian chocolates good chocolate you slap it on a biscuit um for, for
2: no, but I think it's it's more complicated than that. You I know, would agree. It's, I would agree. To think about that unboxing experience. The I, I Unboxing I, I, experience I, I is would very important.
0: Absolutely agree. It's the whole thing. But the, and the other thing about it is that the brands, the, the luxury branded houses, have been fantastic in maintaining storytelling because that's that is really the job of a luxury brand. It's to tell the story. So all the all the is that assets, not
2: really the job of any brand.
0: I I as I said, I think there's a lot that luxury branding can teach you. You know the, the really good ones can actually teach any brand how to do it. really Yeah, well. and
1: it to, so it, on the teaching front, here's how you do oh, it. Right, okay. <laughs> what you get. Right, and I'd say that this is actually I it's actually to, easier. Can to, we
2: just ask all of the creative team who may be listening listen
1: to just close your ears right now? Listen up. So I think it goes so far as to say, to be controversial, it's easier to create a luxury brand than to create another other an ordinary type of brand because there's a formula. All you need <laughs> all you need is a nice big clear, simple, probably Helvetica or some bit of type. Right? Sans serif. Yeah, beautiful. Big solid bold. Make it big so that those that have got bad eyes so you can see it. And then get <laughs> either lots of black, right? Have white cut my out of black, or just get a picture of somebody or something. Something if it's not a person or a celebrity, you know, mm-hmm. some. Some movie that looks star, very cool. Uh huh who's ideally not done anything dodgy in the last few, three or four yeah, months because you know, they can end You're up You're writing in this down, are yeah. yeah. I'm writing all of it down. Put the type across over. the picture. If, the, if it's a picture, make, make it really obscure because it's that club that you don't have access to. So everyone else that's looking at it that gets luxury knows what that picture's about. So it's that obscure sense of this is an exclusive <laughs> club. Do that, and if it's, if it's appropriate, throw in a little bit of French... Mm -hmm. Like, instead of saying aftershave, write parfum. Oh my God. Right? Throwing a wee bit of French. Oh my word. Boom. There's your luxury brand. That's how you do it. It's about four steps.
0: No, no, no. I I mean, I know you're being provocative to make the point, and and I'll, I'll give you that, but I would say that... It, it it's easier to, to some degrees because what you're doing is selling a dream to somebody going wouldn't you like this watch? Isn't this a good watch? I think there's an element so I don't think it's just about wouldn't <laughs> you like to
1: be staring into the distance with that kind of meaningful look in your eye it, it, with a sunset it, and a dog <laughs> or a river? It's hard to on a perhaps perched on a stone I think, I think
0: it's think e- it's clearly it's clearly easier to slag it off than to look at the positives of it Clearly. But I do think there are some things that you can take and go, if you're, gonna, if you're going to take the best out of luxury brands, and some of them are really good at doing their two-tier stuff and everything else. So winemakers who sell wine at €500 Euro, and then they've got one at €50 Euro, and, and that's considered a, a good entry point. So you're waiting to jump in because... It's, so please, please, Chris, jump in. The perfume.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> no where do we go with this I think the I mean I think what a lot of the because you're obviously talking about advertising in that you know and I think within the advertising space spectrum whatever what luxury brands probably do better than a lot of others is that they and we have this we've talked about this challenge a lot about where the lack of a lack of brand building means you're trying mm-hmm. to do the brand and product job all in one communication. I would argue that a lot of those luxury brands are so established in the space that they people know what they are and they people and they know what they know them for. So all they're doing it's is building just placing brand. that pro- yeah and they're just they're just showing they're just staying front of mind. They're just doing saying this is, you know, here's I, our brand and here's our product. They, they're I'm, not doing any other explaining right. around I'm, it.
1: And, and I, 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 think am, to be I am I um, I am being facetious, but mm-hmm. to me but the point is you're right. They're, what they're and also what, they what they're, they're not they're doing is trying, yeah, and because what they're I, not
2: trying to do is is portray a realistic lifestyle. They don't no. think that people that are consuming but, that um, product are going to sit uh, on <laughs> a rock draped in whatever no, know. you know.
1: But. but if you look at for the likes of Chanel, interestingly, it's very very basic, the square mm. label, the black type. So
2: it's arguably a very distinctive brand yeah,
1: asset. Correct. And what is interesting, and you know, one of the things that I think is forgotten by maybe the wider community is that that's been like that for decades and they've mm. built that as an asset and it is what it is. It's not drowned in gold. It's not finished in foils and it's not, it's just beautifully simply done and they've built the awareness of that asset over the years. So you're right. They're advertising is designed to reinforce that asset, the white the black, the number five, Da-da-da-da-da. all of a sudden, you know, not all of a sudden, all of a long time, yeah. mm. you have a brand and you have equity and you have value. And, I and think that's that why point, you can
2: justify that uh-huh. higher price point. Um,
1: to, to, there is nothing inherently luxurious about the way it's branded. It has cut through and it's got a quality product or from a house, as you said, Stuart, it's got the legacy and it's been built over years. It's actually quite a simple formula. Well, you What happens is we get briefs that say we need to shortcut this and we want to be luxury from the get go. And the way to do that is to cover it in gold or finish it in this and do X, Y and Z because that's Luxury that's the conspicuous consumption method, and that's how it's seen. Particularly seen in, in the Far East, that's how it works. Job I would done. take
2: I, the box. I would disagree with that somewhat, though. Using your parfum example, parfum. <laughs> in that if you go, you know, if you buy, uh, and I'm trying to think of a bottle of cheap cheap perfume. What's cheap? <laughs> King in a million, uh, which is sitting on the shelf. Where's here, that from? Uh, from H uh, and H&M. No, B M. It's definitely not B&M. from H&M. It's not B&M. I think it's from TJ Hughes. Oh. Uh TJ yeah.
1: Other fashion houses are available. <laughs> or
2: or maybe the pound shop. Can't remember. Anyway. But the there's nothing particularly luxurious about the elements of that brand. Now, in terms of identity, yeah, you're right. It's very understated. It's very simple. It's very recognizable, and they've built a lot of equity equity in that. But in terms of the the quality and the finish of the materials, the bottle, the stopper, mm-hmm. the interior of the pack—that's that's all. But that's all part. Yeah. You know, you're dismissing it. Well, I'm not saying you're dismissing it. Well, you did part yeah, slightly because yeah. you said there's nothing luxurious about it, but there is clearly an an element to that as a kind of. I I couldn't piece agree more. What you,
1: yeah, and it becomes an experience then. And I do, I do. You're right. I mean, joking apart, the the whole you mentioned. Someone mentioned unboxing earlier that. All of these touch points all add oh, up. Sure, was I, was him, deco- was actually... I was deconstructing that, <laughs> g- you know, graphically yeah. from from that yeah. advertising point of view. Which, let's face it, and you know, we'll come on and talk about digital, but it's disproportionately important. Yep. Yeah. And there is so much, there is so much, there's so much rip off stuff out there that it does come down to that experience and being able to know this stuff is the real deal. Because of the way it's boxed. Yeah. Does it
2: feel like a nice yeah. piece of molded board inside, or is it a bit of cheap corrugated plastic? You know what I mean. Like that's. Oh, and I mean it's not rocket science, but clearly. That, that's, that, but that's what justifies that, that the,
1: has been part of their formula up until now, which is you know, reliant on the experience, which is retail-led, beautiful mm. experiences in high streets of big cities and in certainly Europe and the states. That's the model, wasn't it? That's how they. That's how they work. In fact, I was talking to a client the other day who was saying that some of the Chinese consumers, the reason part, the reason a large proportion of them come to the UK and Paris, is to go to these shops and buy the product there because they know it will be the real product mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's so much of it that's rip that's rip-off in the in the in the far east, which is interesting in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they cultivate and curate experiences, and that's been their M.O. up until now, from the re- unboxing to the Going into a shop, I know the tricks they use because I've been in and bought a couple of things. Oh, my. And you, you know, it's the old guy in a suit, and you get a glass of champagne, and you get to sit down. Well, they relieve you of a lot of money, and you. I'm, I'm okay with that if
2: money. they're giving me champagne at the time, though. Mm, to be yeah.
1: fair, but what has been interesting, and again, is that transition that they've had to make. You know, and we're talking about digital, but because that's a channel that they have. I think this is an
2: interesting conversation.
1: Uh-huh, yeah, and because we digital central to our proposition. What's the thoughts there then?
2: This, when you think this is an interesting one, I think because we talk about digital being disproportionately important. You said mentioned earlier for most brands because for a lot of consumers, majority of customers, that's where that's your first touch point, and that's your first engagement with that brand. But I would I would argue that, or not argue but suggest perhaps that in the luxury branding or the luxury goods, whatever you want to call it, space that the opposite is probably the case, where the retail Certainly, historically, the retail environment and the purchase experience is disproportionately important than necessary. So when, you know, how does that, like, and particularly now in the world of COVID, where shops are shut now, you know, and a lot of, how how do you, how do you behave, how do you recreate that kind of very tactile, tangible brand experience that... Online, yeah. How do you do it digitally?
0: Like, can you do it credibly in a digital space? Yeah, I, I mean, what what Chanel do really well, if you look at their Instagram, is that they, they don't ever show you the full product. It's always a, a certain aspect of the craft of the product. So you'll get either a distant shot, so you'll just see the silhouette, or you'll get a close-in shot where you'll see the, the material, but you won't actually just get to see the product as in a, even a stylish H and M shot on the mm. site. There is always an aspect which makes you interested, which goes to the site, which then tells you the story, which then tells you about the product, which then says, "If you want this, you have to take you go, You've got to go on the pilgrimage. We're not easy. Mm. We are. There
1: is you have to give yourself up a work, for it. Yeah. There is
0: a bit of work that you can do to to get to that. So I think it's quite they they have used digital as the primary channel to help them tell their story. The story yeah. And, yeah, and because there is something sort of incongruous about
1: choosing a product and dropping it in a shopping cart and checking out yeah. in, in the way that you do an Amazon Prime for someone to arrive tomorrow yeah, for something that's... that's I think- several thousands of pounds. It doesn't feel the same, same, does No,
2: and I think that's the difference between kind of basic stuff versus luxury stuff. I think for the majority of people, we talk, again when we're talking about brand behaviours and how brands need to kind of be set up digitally it's about taking a lot of the friction out of that journey and making the path to purchase as frictionless and simple as possible. In this case I think, but again it's driven by the consumer that, you know, I've got a friend at the moment who's looking to buy a very expensive handbag, she's going to treat herself. Now she's done a lot of research online, Mm -hmm. so the digital space Still absolutely has a role to mm-hmm. play. But she's going and she could purchase online, but she wants to wait until she can go to yeah. House of Frasers or wherever or go to the store and and touch it and speak to the, you know, embrace that experience. And you're gonna buy that. you're gonna go she out just of wants your a way. No But you know, well, no, plate, you, know, you know, are gonna go in, in that instance, you're gonna go out of your way. You're you're you know, to add complicate. you'd add more steps to your customer journey by f- physically going to a store versus taking the more convenient option of just doing it online. And that's, I think that's something that potentially only exists in the premium or luxury space because you know arguably a car would be you know part of the, and at Lawrence Stroll from Aston Martin we're, we're doing some work with a leather company at the moment he was talking about restoring their luxury brand credentials at Aston reverting back to some of those basic luxury brand principles around and obviously you know for them one of which was always manufacturing one less than demand and making sure that crucially making sure that the experience feels special feels luxurious from beginning to end and that's taking customers to the into the pits and six star they're called six star hospitality spaces these kind of things and it's all about
1: i've been at seven
0: star
2: <laughs> the experience yeah and how important that is versus just the kind of transaction of the and thing.
0: again looking at what luxury can teach other brands it's knowing the customer mm. they know oh uh, there he well goes. here he goes he's just brought the whole thing
2: together. that's why he is the shark
0: yeah Oh yeah. <laughs> um I mean but but that's it. I mean they know their customer and they know that do you think he's Rolls Royce or
1: Ryanair.
2: No, he's more like uh what's the wee yellow van that uh only fills and horses drive? Robin Reliant. T- he's more Robin Reliant t- than Rolls
0: Royce. <laughs> happy to be here just happy to be sorry Stuart you brought it back to the customer I've just just brought it back to the customer because that's what they do they know their customer they know that they don't want to buy online they know that the experience of hitting a a checkout button is not the same as oh come in and there's you know somebody relieving you in a shop (laughs) you know (laughs) people just want the the experience that's what they want so we decided that it's a good thing Then I what the luxury <laughs> brand yeah have, have we have we changed our mind to say that actually it's it, it the fundamentals it a, yeah, the fundamentals are there are there and, and are solid and are as you said time time uh, you know tested and there is a formula to it but it's yeah
2: yeah and i think like we talk about with you know whether it's different categories or what it may be i think in the luxury space that are arguably conventions that are expected they're from the consumer around quality and maybe craftsmanship and exclusivity not necessarily in terms of it being rare or scarce, but even in terms of part of a club that I feel part of and Mm -hmm. I feel part of a community or whatever that's, you know, kind of based on shared values and beliefs, again, like we talked about before when it came to segmentation. You know, that kind of timeless storytelling heritage aspect. I think there's, you know, those are credible, real things that people expect from something that would sit and live in the luxury space. Mm. Every time I say luxury, I feel like I need to do the air quotes.
0: But then I think the challenge is, and why you have an aversion to it, Chris, is that people coming up and going it's
2: yeah, do you understand
1: a the luxury? Understand yeah. And my, my, yeah, come back. My frustration is about the, 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 just the whole lot of nonsense that's spoken about it from a brand point of view and branding and the process and us as practitioners in that and understanding how that works, whether it is Ryanair or Rolex, mm-hmm. I think is, is frustrating, but it's, it's endlessly interesting because, yeah, the definition. You can't define luxury. It's like happiness mm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and I think it's, the, it's in the eye of the of the beholder.
2: Yeah, well, and I think that's just what that's just, you know, much less articulately what I was going to say. I think the frustration is brand people who think that they determine and define what luxury is versus it being something that lives within the mind of their consumer.
1: Yes, they'll be the no brand people. Consumers will be the judge of that. I like it, Chris. I think we're done. <sighs> it was a bit of a rant, wasn't it? It was good though. A rambling, ramble chat, rambling, rambling
2: wine, roaming,
0: yeah, right. so, chit
1: chat. Right,
0: back so, to the January quiz. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: what is the L? What does the L stand for in a January BLT?
1: <laughs> See, that's an interesting
0: question. Low
1: fat. <laughs> I applaud.
2: Lettuce is low fat.
0: <laughs> I applaud. Right.
2: Cheerio! Bye! Bye!
0: Bye.